Clive into Zabantu Ramatibela. Good morning. Tula, tu, tula, paga, tula, mama. Ipagali, zobuya, get 2050. Don't you cry, Pagania. Keep strong, we're going ahead. Come on, the morning to you, Sakina. Good morning, Clive. I'm glad to see that you are feeling better this morning. Now, the MSCI Asia Pacific yeah. Index swung between gains and losses in early trade uh, this morning, and this as Chinese stocks market continued to strengthen. Yeah, this is very confusing to a number of people because you look at China and you're thinking that it's just supposed to be declining. But now these stocks that are built on the Shanghai Composite and on the uh, Chinese stock market, which is looking very, very strong for China, it advanced for the 12th day today, the longest streak ever in the country has ever reported uh, 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 in about uh, uh, in five years. So what's happening is that we saw the trade surplus come out, and I heard Chris earlier talking about the fact that it's not as convincing. But nonetheless, the fact that the demand is still there, it shows you that this particular country is growing in hits and bounds. Uh, the CSIP 100, just to help you out understand, is the average index that calculates the Chinese stocks uh, within the Chinese uh, 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 jurisdiction. So that climbed up by 2.2% uh, earlier on this morning. Uh, and a shrinking imports trailed by about 54 a billion dollars, that does not affect the Chinese stock market. I must reemphasize that. It does not affect them. It actually makes them look much better. Yes, the MSCI was doing between gains and losses, but the most important thing is that these Chinese investors who have been putting money in the Shanghai Composite and the likes, and the fact that we've got that link now between them and uh, Hong Kong seems like it's working for China. Mm. And then uh, concerns about emerging market uh, company debt. And this follows reports, Clive, uh, showing that uh, cross-border debt could be less stable than initially thought. I just want to explain that so that our listeners understand what we're talking about. So when those guys are not accounting 101, I know this because my wife is an accountant, but at the end of the day, when you speak about numbers and you're actually calculating for a company, you want to look at your revenues, you want to look at what your debt is, and you're putting it on balance sheet. Everything has to correspond, obviously, and sometimes what you do is all your assets and liabilities, obviously, is brilliant. I'm sure my wife is proud of me of this. Um, and you can actually see that, too. But here's the thing, Sakina, here's the thing. If you report on your balance sheet that the debt that you have borrowed, money that is outside, that has gone out as an asset, in actual fact, that would be incorrect because that is not the money that belongs to the business. It's money that's already loaned out and it's given to other people to invest with. So what are we talking about? Foreign direct investments, which these companies, these emerging companies have been getting, it's not seemingly money that should be sitting on their balance sheet. It's money that they've actually given out to other people to utilize in their expectations that their interest rate will, they will earn interest on that money at a certain particular time. So it could be 5, 10, 15 years, it doesn't matter. You can't put that money down because it doesn't reflect the numbers correctly. So that's what's been sitting. It's like you have put down, you've taken out a loan from the bank as an individual. Then you put that loan as part of your assets. Loans cannot be an asset because you're owing. So that means you have to pay back at some point in time. And these companies have been reporting these numbers like this, and hence the reason why the BSAI says this particular trend is big in the emerging markets, and it could be that it's not actually reflecting the strength of their balance sheet. And Clive, very quickly, this is an interesting one. After the torrid time that Malaysia airs had mm. this year, you know, uh, some changes afoot there. Yeah, the new CEO, um, I want to try and pronounce his name. It's so difficult. Uh, uh, his name is Christoph Müller. Müller. 
Um, he's, he's formerly the CEO of Air Lingus, um, and he's said to be taking over the reins at Malaysia. He's got a hefty job ahead of him at Argentina because, remember, they have to cut down up to 6,000 jobs in their restructuring. That could cost them about 6 billion ringgit on the restructuring plan. He also has to create uh, investor confidence. Remember what's happened? We had the MH. MH370 airline disappear. Mm. And we also have the MH17, which was bombed uh, from, the, from the air. And, and this is very difficult. It's a turnaround strategy, Sakina. It will prove that, obviously, like I can always say, when a company is this big, to turn it around is a nightmare. It's like trying to turn the Titanic in a turning for an iceberg. So we're hoping that he will be able to do so. We wish him all the best. And let's hope that he can do better than what the Orlando Pilot ship has done this year.